Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another week of Bunch of Beauties presented by Pucker Up Sports. I'm Sam Prevo, and as always, I am joined by my lovely co-hosts. Introduce yourselves, ladies. Jennifer Mo- Oh my god, my voice sounds so bad. <laughs> Jennifer Molia. I need to drink more water. I'm losing my voice for no reason. But Jennifer Molia. I usually say like writer for Pucker Up Sports, but I'm doing social media for them now too. I just started tweeting for them this week. So that's my new title. Love that for Yay! me. Uh, Ariel Melendez. Uh, I don't really have a title anymore. Uh, we'll go with podcast host and very tired right now. Yeah. Tired. Tired's the name of the game. So true. Um, so as we've been doing, we can start with a lovely uh, bracket slash playoffs general update. Um, so I was wrong. <laughs> Jen and Ariel were right. Uh, it takes a strong person to admit when they're wrong. Uh, Montreal defeated the Maple Leafs in game seven of their series. So Montreal is now currently, they're leading the, the Jets to nothing. The Jets look horrible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was completely wrong. And that's the segue into how the bracket challenge is looking. Uh, <laughs> Not great. Jen is killing it. She has 66 points. Yeah. Uh, Ariel has 53. And I'm chilling with a cool 30. <laughs> Like the Toronto one really killed you. The, the Toronto one killed me. I, I picked Florida. I picked. The, I had the Caps going to the semis. I just completely botched my bracket, guys. I completely botched my bracket. I feel um, that. But that's, so much. that's all good. It's all good. We're having fun, and that's what matters. That's what um, matters. Also, I picked Minnesota and Vegas one, and you guys both picked Vegas. So, <laughs> you know. I think mine is kind of on the verge of combustion. My... My Mass Mutual East, I like calling them by the full names because I think it's funny, but my East is is looking pretty good. Um, as long as Boston wins the series, then cool. Um, my, my Honda West is also looking good, um, but I need Colorado to move on from that. And then if the Canes just keep winning, then that's good. But my worry is in the North... I obviously had Edmonton beating Winnipeg, which, whoops, but I had Montreal beating the Leafs, which was good, but then I had Edmonton beat Montreal, and I don't even know if Winnipeg is going to beat Montreal, so all of my my sections are looking cute, except the North, so you know what? Not a bad place to be. I'm chillin'. Yeah, nothing really looks good for me but the East. <laughs> I I had the Islanders in Boston. I have Boston going over the Islanders, which so far is good. Yeah. Um, Carolina, they're there. They're they're yeah. hanging in there. Listen, we're hanging um, on. We're hanging on. Don't count us out. We're hanging on. Uh, I got Montreal, but again, like like Jen said, I had Edmonton in and had Edmonton going on. Yeah. So the North is. The North is there, and uh, the West, yeah, the West is bad. Um, the West is very, very bad. Neither team. Well, I have Vegas in there. I did get Vegas. We won't talk about the other side of that bracket. It's okay. It's but okay. It's okay. It's okay. I'm pretty sure if the series go as well, see, I don't know with Montreal because I saw something that makes my final literally impossible to happen. <laughs> that it would be Carolina Boston to go in the next round. Yeah. I guess if it finishes the way it's going to, but I think if Colorado, if Vegas somehow, I don't know, we're gonna, I don't think I consider that an upset if Vegas pulls it off. But the way that Colorado has played, Colorado just looks like a wagon right now. Yeah, but I, I think if Vegas somehow pulls it off, I don't know how the seating works, but to me, if Vegas pulls it off, that would um, give me a Colorado. Chance. So Colorado and Vegas are one and two in the league. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, they'd be the top no matter what. And then yeah. the next team is is Carolina. So let's say Carolina wins, Montreal wins, and yeah. Colorado wins, and Boston wins. The Hurricanes yeah. would play Boston, and yeah. uh, the Avalanche would play Montreal, I think. Yeah, that's what I know is true. I didn't know if that changed in Vegas won the series. No, it would stay the same. <laughs> oh, that's so sad for me. 
That's so sad for you. Yeah, yeah, it was the same. My Stanley Cup final is literally impossible. So I mean, once we get to the once we get to the semis, my bracket is probably officially destroyed. That's well, okay. we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, yeah. anything can happen. Anything can happen in the playoffs. To be fair, I mean, yeah. I mean, the Hurricanes like Vasilevsky looked like a brick wall. Yeah, uh, in the first two games in Carolina, I was at Game Two, um, and it was just so like nothing's gonna get past him, and yeah. the Canes just weren't scoring and their stars looked invisible but last game they seemed to be a look look a little more alive so that's good a little bit and and uh trotek and fogel are game time decisions today they play at four um so they're the afternoon game today um so hopefully they can play because if not then they're down to two forwards including already being down nino niederreiter so it's a little rough a little bit they keep they keep getting hurt it's it's sad um, but I still have faith in them. I still have faith in them. Uh, every all the series are close so far, except the I mean, the Winnipeg Montreal looks a little one sided because yeah, Winnipeg so just looks bad, yeah, which is like kind of a shocker. I feel like I always expect Winnipeg to be great going into the playoffs. Like, I kind of I think we talked about this on a past episode, like, I kind of bought into the hype and had them like winning the cup or going to the final one year. Because I always get, like, hyped for them before the playoffs. I'm like, oh, they looked so good the last couple of games. They're going to do so great. And we get to the actual playoffs. And I'm like, oh, right, right. <laughs> from from what I've been seeing on Twitter from, like, the few Winnipeg fans that have come across my timeline. Yeah. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois is not, has not been what they expected from him. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. I even saw a tweet that was like super savage, but it was where it was like, so when does Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, COVID quarantine end? Oh my goodness. I was like, oh my God. <sighs> like, so this has been a problem, I think, since he got there from Columbus. Um, and obviously, I mean, I, I thought we would talk about it, but so this might be a good segue, but they're also down Mark Shifley. Uh, for four yeah. games so that's realistically four games might be the rest of the series if it keeps going the way that it's going mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. so I mean we can talk about the hit a little bit I, it's the same thing as like the Tavares hit I don't mm-hmm. want to like I don't want to like describe too much of what happened or like yeah. really dwell on it because it was really scary it and, was yeah uh I'm surprised that Shifley only got four games I think it has to do with the fact that he doesn't have a history and he's considered one of the more, like, nicer, gentlemanly guys in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, he has, like, a, that kind of reputation. He doesn't swear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so he has kind of that reputation. Um, I do say, though, I mean, I understand that he's upset. He did say that, like, his family's been getting a lot of unnecessary, like, hatred mm-hmm. from from people in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Because people consider the hit predatory, which I would agree it was a little pred- – it was yeah. not a little. It was predatory. He skated the length of the ice to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he called the – he said he accepts the punishment. He's not going to appeal it. But he calls it excessive. Um, I would disagree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with what you said that, you know, when you're skating that far to hit somebody. And it's not like um, – I'm blanking. Evans is the player that he yeah, hit? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, not cool. I'm not happy he got hit. Um, but Evans, it's not like he was in a position, not that anyone should ever get hit, but I think you know what I mean when I say he wasn't in a position where he should have been hit. Like, he was fully just minding his own business. Like, Yeah, he scored a goal, so that was the whole thing. He grabbed yeah. the puck and, like, wrapped it mm-hmm. up and in, and then he was, and he was by himself. And that's why, like, I see the argument from, like, old hockey men that are like, oh, he had his head down. Yeah, because there was literally no one around him. Yeah, yeah. It's not like it's not like you're skating through, because there's arguments where, like, if you're skating through center ice, you shouldn't have your head down. Mm-hmm. Fair, because there's a million people that could come at you. If you're behind the goal line and you just stuff the puck in the net and you're by yourself. Exactly, yeah. There's a reasonable understanding that you would probably feel safe to put your head down. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you would like, and that's kind of what I meant by, like, he wasn't in a position where he should have been hit, so I can get, like, the not expecting it, whatever, and the hit itself, um, I know we we don't want to describe it, obviously, because it was scary, but it was just 
completely uncalled for. Like, I think I think I used the word despicable when talking about it this week. Just like, just just so uncalled for. Like, there there are ways to hit people in hockey, and there are ways to get the puck away from people in hockey. And um, I just I just didn't think that was the best um, the best route to go down. Um, and I also agree that um, four games was not enough. I I really think that he should have been out like they should have just said okay he's done for the playoffs um and just like clean slate try again next year um granted with like you said with the way the series is going that might just end up being for the rest of the playoffs at four games um but I would have felt a little bit better if they were like yeah he's just done for the year um I think it's good that he's not appealing it I'm trying to go through all the bullet points in my head um, and I agree with you. I think that the reason why it's not more is because he's kind of like, I wouldn't say he's a star, but he's definitely like a popular player. And especially as far as like Winnipeg goes, like they don't really have a lot of like star power. I think he's kind of like the guy, like if you he's, don't really. Yeah. Yeah. He's if you their don't, best player, I would say. Yeah. Other than, you, Hel- other than Hellebuck, he's their best player. I yeah. Would. Yeah, like, if you don't really follow the Jets, if you're not a Jets fan, like, he's probably, like, the player that you associate with them. So, I guess part of it was, like, okay, like, he's kind of a star, he's kind of a popular player. Um, So, that probably helped him, you know, like you said, he's not a repeat offender. So, I get that, but just what a ugly, gross thing. It just made me so upset. (laughs) And it's upsetting that it's, like, the third time this has happened in the playoffs like recently yeah yeah it's been been a rough minute i think i'm honestly surprised they even made it that long based on Mm. how we've seen every just based on how we've seen everything go yeah the fact that i i know we don't want to give them credit or benefit of the doubt or anything here but i was more surprised that it was that long to begin with yeah. They even went four games based on the history that we've seen. I mean, obviously it was very it was a very dangerous hit that didn't need to be made. And I'm pretty sure I've seen that he could have played the puck. I, I don't know if that was I thought I saw like screenshots or something where his stick is not even like attempting to make any sort of play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and even though that's what he claimed. Obviously, I mean he's not gonna go out and say like, Oh yeah, I hunted him down, like all this, all that. Yeah. Yeah, you know him saying like, "Oh, I wasn't trying to like go after him. I was trying to play the puck, like all this." Like, okay, (laughs) okay, sure, whatever makes you feel better. But like, no, you weren't. But yeah, I think I mean it probably could have been a couple more games, and and I think they could have done something similar to what I think they did to Kadri a couple years ago, where they sent out for the rest of the series. I think Mm, is how they did it before. I mean, maybe I know. Player safety's not thinking this way, but like, oh, maybe they think the series is only going to be four, so they're like, we'll just say four games, and he's out for the series. Basically. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, 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 I think I probably could have gone in that direction at least. It, not even saying maybe playoffs, but just saying series, because who knows how many games that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it it kind of puts that out there. But yeah, I was more surprised it was four games in general, and they didn't just stick with like the two because I know sometimes they think in the playoffs. Like, oh, even, like, one or two game suspensions mean more in the playoffs than they yeah, yeah. in the regular season. So I, I I was at least, okay, they went at least a little more serious than yeah, we've I think, seen in the past. Yeah, I think with the with the fact that this is happening, I feel like this is just happening every series now. There's, like, so, it's so sad that, like, every series or every round multiple times there's someone going to the hospital. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just should stop happening, and I think... I, I know they said Evans didn't go, which was good. Yeah, he did, and he mm-hmm. stayed at their hotel. But yeah. I, Orlov sent someone to the hospital. John Tavares yeah. went to the hospital. Okay. Justin Falk could have gone to the hospital. I don't think he did either. I but don't think he did. He was, he was still knocked out, though, which is scary mm-hmm. as that's all hell. So yeah, that's the point. People, get, Multiple people getting knocked out or like, having severe enough injury that it looks like catastrophic. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if the DOPS is looking at all this saying – hopefully this is what I hope anyway, that they're saying, okay, we need to start doling out these more severe punishments because Mm -hmm. we need this to stop. Um, You would, you would hope that they're starting to realize like the actions of their, the the consequences of their actions. Right. Correctly. Like we, we know how all this started and we could, we won't go back to 
you know, yeah. how, how we know this all started, because that truly is kind of where everything went, because everyone's still comparing it. Oh, yeah, everyone's still there. comparing it. I think it's fair to compare it, because... Yeah. Oh, no, it, you, is, it is, for sure. Everything, every decision they make, I think, sets a precedent. So, yeah. I if, just, you, yeah. if you go back to, to square one with the Wilson thing, and just work your way up to now, there's clearly people are held up to different standards. When no, I, yeah, there's everyone should have the same stick that they're measured by. I agree. Um, you yeah. would think so. <laughs> you, so. Would, uh, you would think that's how it went. But yeah, obviously, like you said, you would hope this is player safety starting to realize, like, oh crap, like we no, really we need to get something. a handle on things. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And I mean, we're seeing a lot more fines now too. It looks like, but we're seeing fines for some really weird things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I'd like to know the definition of dangerous trips because we've seen a couple of those i, yeah. I wonder I if really that's what is, that the, is, is dangerous trip the new word for slew footing that's what i'm thinking because or, I, not, I haven't seen them like in official terms use the word slew foot in a while yeah so yes, I, I, wonder I wonder if dangerous yeah. trip is slew footing i yeah because i know i saw one instance where they said where they find someone for dangerous trip and i saw it and it did look like a slew foot so that that kind of might be what they're going with instead of Slufa, but honestly, just call it Slufa. Yeah, just yeah, call right? Slufa. That's what it is. But, like, we're, we're seeing a lot more fines now, and we're seeing the suspensions start to kind of get a little more serious, especially in the playoffs. So hopefully that is yeah. what they're realizing, and it's not just like, oh, we're on the hot seat, we need to make it look like we're doing something. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think we've, we've every week we have this is our weekly dops conversation so i yeah. feel like we've we've beaten a dead horse at this point but mm-hmm. this is a complete left turn but i wanted to go back to kind of talk about the leafs a little bit because i know that it's been a while it's been like a while because it happened like right after we recorded last week it happened like a couple of days afterwards um but i really wanted to talk about it because first of all i just feel so horrible for um because i i'm a leafs fan but they're not my top team. Mm-hmm. I'm not like wholeheartedly like they're my heart and soul, like they're my lifeblood, like like my other teams are. Yeah. yeah. But I have friends that care about the Leafs to that extent. And it just breaks my heart to see them go through this every single time. And I right? think I think this time was just especially more painful because it really looked like they had finally like gotten it together. And they just completely fumbled it. Mm -hmm. Um, But my main takeaway from it, and I saw this tweet that made a lot of sense. Someone said that Montreal winning that series taught both the Canadians and the Leafs the wrong lessons. Yeah. That (laughs) Toronto's going to completely overreact. Oh, probably. I mean, I don't believe in any way that Kyle Dubas should be fired. No. This is not Kyle Dubas's fault. No. Yeah. Um, I think the two people that you have to look at are Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. They completely didn't show up at mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm. And Austin has performed in the playoffs before, but Mitch has never performed in the playoffs. He's making yeah. almost $11 million, and not mm-hmm. once has he shown up for a playoff series. And that, to me, is unacceptable. I don't care if you're one of the best players in the world in the regular season. If you're making that much money, you should be a game changer every single night. Especially when you're on a roster with other players that are making as much as you. So you're taking up that much more of your team's cap space just to waste it when they need you most. I think especially if, if you held out for that money. Yeah. This is your hometown team. Like you're allegedly like, so proud and like mm-hmm. you want to do them proud and whatever and then you just look apathetic during like during playoff games all of his playoff penalties except for one have been for delay of game for for shooting the puck over the glass <laughs> that like that's a stat <laughs> it, it's it's just embarrassing if you ask me um and this and then the worst part for me is that he's not going to get be the one that they use as a scapegoat. So I've learned in my few years being like closely watching Toronto that every playoff series they lose, there's a scapegoat. Mm-hmm. So yeah. mm-hmm. we lose, oh, the last few years, oh, Jake Gardner messed up. Yeah. The, def- the defense messed up. It was the defense's fault. We just don't mm-hmm. have good enough defense. Or Freddie, Freddie was inconsistent. Freddie didn't step up, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. 
this year, I really think you look at Matthews and Marner. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you can point you to, to you can point to losing John Tavares, which obviously was a huge loss, but mm-hmm. you still have Matthews and Marner. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like um that's the argument of you don't want to like don't put all your eggs in one back. They don't rely on one player. And I don't think the Leafs have to rely on one player, you know. Like you said, Tavares is a huge loss, but it's not like you didn't have Matthews, Marner, Nylander. It's not like the goaltending wasn't looking good, you know. So I think that I agree with you that there's always a, there's always a scapegoat with Leafs fans. And they always, it's like the answer or the actual reason is always right in front of us. And Leafs fans just have to like go point to something else. Like I've seen a lot of arguments about like the Leafs need more grit. They need more muscle. They need somebody to fight. They need yeah. somebody so they don't get pushed around. And it's like. No, they need Mitch Marner to show up in the playoffs. Like, but I also, do- <laughs> also, didn't they get those guys? If they did, and they right. So right. now, so when they, so I find it funny that when they traded for Nick Foligno, everyone was like, "Oh, they're going all in. This is a great exactly. Move. Like yeah. they're finally like going all in for the for the cup and blah blah blah." And mm. now that they didn't make it and they gave up that first for Felino. Everyone's like, was that really a good idea? Did they really have to trade for Nick Felino? Like make up your mind. Like that's yeah. how I feel about that's how I feel about William Nylander because my my point about the scapegoating is that I have this really bad feeling that over the summer, I mean obviously there has to be moves made. There has to be something to rock the boat to kind of like get get it into these guys' heads that like mm-hmm. we're trying to win here. Like, like that was unacceptable. You cannot do that again. Yeah. Um and like I said, I, I don't think this is on Kyle Dubas at all. He did everything he could, but I think he has to do something even more major now to kind of like light a fire mm-hmm. under them for whatever reason. I don't know why there's no motivation to play well in the playoffs when it's the Stanley Cup playoffs. You should have motivation. Um, but William Nylander, I have because his contract is such a steal. Like I think he has on one of the best contracts in the NHL period. He is one of the best values that you could get for that money. Mm-hmm. Um he mm-hmm. is especially in the playoffs. He carried them in the playoffs. Um, and I have a horrible feeling that he's going to be the one that they trade away. And they're going to keep the other ones just because Mitch Marner's contract is so untradeable because it's mm-hmm. so expensive. Yeah. Um, I just have a really horrible feeling that him and or Morgan Riley will be gone. I just think those that would be a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. I mean... They have like four draft picks mm-hmm. this this summer, which is not great. So the, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna do something before or on draft day, uh, probably to correct that situation. Um, but they also have to look at. I mean, Zach Hyman is a, is a free agent. They have to look at what to do with like Travis Dermott didn't play at all mm-hmm. uh, in the playoffs, mm-hmm. basically, and he's better than that. Um, fr- quite frankly. So if there's no room for him, then they have to figure out what to do with him. They have to prepare for the expansion draft. So they're going to be an interesting team to watch going forward. I keep singing Kyle Dubas's praises, but I really don't think that what happened is his fault. He can't, he yeah. built that roster to succeed and yeah. they just didn't show up. Yeah. You can't, you, you can do everything that he did, put all the pieces together, which he did, but you can't, once they're out on the ice, you can't, you can't, he can't do like, he can't make Marner score or what, you know, you know, right. Make exactly. Matthews, so make exactly. Do, do all this and that. And I, while you were talking about Marner, I actually went and looked at his playoff stats and I, I'm kind of like, you know, a little, a little taken back because aside from his second playoffs, which well, we're obviously better. He's had four points in every other, every other year. And the last two years, he has not scored a goal. Yep. So like, not great. Um, not yeah. great at all. Ten point eight million dollars. So he's got in thirty-two career playoff games, he's got five goals. Um, and tw- twenty-five points. That's not the worst. He he is no goals. more as an assist guy, which like yeah. so fine, but it's but still. If you, if you yeah. look at it season by season, mm-hmm. three yeah. assists, seven assists, two assists, four assists, four assists. Yeah, it's not. Like I get they're only in in, in one in one series because six games, seven games, five games, and, and all that. But when you're getting paid the money that you're getting paid, and, and exactly. when you held out for when you held out for so long for that money, right? And then the playoffs come around, and you're like, okay, peace, guys. 
Like, that's yeah, not a good look for you. Yeah. When you look at those numbers, too, like, okay, so he has seven points in seven games or whatever that is, right? A point a game. Okay. Yeah. But it's the playoffs, right? So if you say that he's only involved in one goal each in those games, and realistically, more than one goal is scored usually in a playoff game mm-hmm. for your yeah. team, and you're getting paid that much money, I don't know. It just it doesn't sit right with me, and it also doesn't sit right with me that he seems kind of I mean, not on Twitter. He, he's not blameless, but I know that in media and in other people's perspectives, he probably will be blameless. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And like I said, they're probably going to scapegoat like Nylander and Riley. Yeah. Which but, wouldn't be surprising because we hear that about we or, hear that about them all the time. Yeah. Or even Dubas. I mean, when you look at Nylander's contract, when you look at this TJ Brody signing, when you look at trading for Jack Campbell, like all the pieces that helped trading for Jake Muzzin, like signing Justin Hall to that mm-hmm. contract, which is now a steal. All those things together are what more can you ask for mm-hmm. from a GM, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I've just been like marinating on this for days since it happened. And I, and I, along with my sim- empathy and sympathy toward for my friends, I've also just been thinking about like my worries for them going forward because I feel mm. like this is going to be a huge overreaction. And then on the flip side of the coin, when you talk about um, when you talk about Montreal learning the wrong lesson, like I mean, I never expected this from them, and I think many people might not have. I just think they might think that they're doing things the right way, which I don't know if they're necessarily doing them. <laughs> And yeah. from an organizational perspective, I mean, I don't know them that well. It just seems like they're learning the op- the, the lesson of, oh, well, we're doing great. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But like, yeah. maybe, maybe you should. Maybe you should. Yeah. Um, but that's just my two cents on the Leafs. I, I wanted to, to talk about it because I think that was like, for a while, that was just like what was looming over hockey Twitter was like, yeah. what the hell is going on with the Leafs? <laughs> um, but yeah, moving on. Uh, any other playoff thoughts before we go into awards nominations? Um, I know you you mentioned this in, in the in the doc. Going back to the the fines and everything, real quick. Oh, are you talking about Rantanen? I, yeah, I think we have to talk about Miko Rantanen because that's okay, where so me laugh. Miko Rantanen got like a two thousand dollar fine or something, and he got it reduced because he sent the the docs like an eight page dissertation explaining why he thought it was unfair. That's incredible. And they were like, they were like, you know what? You have valid points. We're going to reduce your fine. So <laughs> You know what? We believe you. And apparently, like, Lin- I mean, Gabriel Landeskog's a big joker. If you don't know, like, him in general, he's a very, like, fun-loving guy. Uh, he's, like, been one of, like, the, like, he's a, he's a big locker room guy for the, he's the captain, obviously, of the Avalanche, but he's just, like, one of the, one of, he has a big personality, let's just say. Mm-hmm. So he, him and a couple other guys on the avalanche have joked around that Mako Renton should go to law school <laughs> after writing this like eight page MLA citation report to the DOPS saying like, I think you're wrong. And here's yeah. why. An essay by Miko Rantanen. Honestly, um, if if you go to all that trouble, if you put in all that effort, like you should get your fine reduced. I just like, want to see Miko Rant- I just want to see like, did he go to like a Starbucks with his laptop? Did he like sit there with his like cold <laughs> brew and like, dear Dops, hello, this is Miko Rantanen. Um, but yeah, I think that's hilarious. That's like the total opposite of like Nazem Kadri appealing his suspension and the Dops being like, no. No, yeah. And then eight, appealing eight it again. <laughs> yeah. I think he's appealing it again, yeah. Yeah, he did appeal it again, and they Jeez. said they sh- there should be a decision. Soon. Yeah, because it's going to go to an independent me- mediator now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that was yeah. hilarious. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. yeah, that was really funny. I just want to add one more thing about the Leafs. I sent this in our, our bunch of beauties group chat this week, but I just think it's worth mentioning because I think it's so incredibly wrong. Um, um, bar down on Instagram posted. Um, if you watch like the bar down YouTube videos, you follow them, whatever, you know, Jesse Pollock, he yeah. tweeted the Toronto Maple hashtag Leafs, which <laughs> Okay. The Toronto Maple hashtag Leafs need to find a way to trade for Tom Wilson. And that oh, statement, yeah. that statement on its own, I'm like, okay, yeah, like you're just wrong. Like, love you, Jesse, but that's just Was wrong. he just trolling? No, because I oh. looked at the comments. Oh. <laughs> and oh. he doubles down and Uh-oh. says, 
Wilson or even one of the Kachuk brothers. The Leafs need a player like this. It's time to become a tougher team to play against. Start instilling a little fear in your opponents. Josh Anderson was a hell of a pickup for the Habs. Toronto could have used someone like him in that series. Was was Wayne Simmons not enough? That's my question. Because like how many of them do you need? Do you are we collecting all Pokemon cards here? All of them. You need all of like, them. Like why do you yeah. need inf- why do you need to collect enforcers like Pokemon cards? Like I I thought we were done with this. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think it's just it goes back to that like old time hockey idea of like oh. Grr, enforcers. I just, I just remembered. I, I saw. I think it was. It might have been Pierre Maguire. Mm-hmm. I mean, saying his name is like whatever. But he, <laughs> he, I saw. He went on some radio show or something, and, and I saw this tweet, and he said something like, "The two teams built on analytics, aka the Leafs and Oilers, didn't make it. Shut up. But, <laughs> but like the like the gritty teams, like Boston and, and the Islanders, made it or whatever. Okay, like, that's not what happened. No. Okay. I'm sorry. I really don't think that the Leafs lost this series because they didn't have enough toughness. I don't think the Leafs this the the series between the Leafs and the Habs was that physical, and the Leafs just got out like outmanned, out, out muscled or whatever. It <laughs> yeah. literally was just because their stars were nowhere to be found, and they yeah. couldn't, they couldn't get goals on Carey Price because Carey Price was insane. Mm-hmm. Carey Price was vintage Carey Price. So like, what are you gonna do? Um. Another fun fact about that actually is that Carey Price is the first player making ten million dollars or more to win a playoff round. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's so sad. I think it's just a testament to the cap of the cap issue of mm-hmm. if you're pa- paying a player that much money, how much if you're not the Leafs or the Rangers, mm-hmm. how much money can you allocate to spend on other players? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and that's like that's the whole cap era thing of like how how much is like what's the ceiling to pay a player like how much is too much and I feel like that was a conversation we kind of had like with the Mitch Marner stuff we mentioned earlier like he held out for that contract and he got an absolutely ridiculous in my opinion contract not ridiculous like bad necessarily just ridiculous like unbelievable like oh my god um yeah like you said it's untradeable nobody's gonna take on that money and it makes me wonder if like going forward in the future how how many players on a team are going to be deemed untradeable because of their contract? And is it going to make, you know, the trade deadline was like dead this year, not necessarily because of the cap or because of contracts, but it makes you wonder if like the trade deadline and trades in general, like we're going to see a decrease in that because like so many contracts are becoming like <laughs> unmovable, immovable, whatever. Yeah. I, I also think like a lot of people have been bringing it up about Tampa. I just... I just really hate the flat cap because you have teams like Tampa who sat Kucherov all year mm-hmm. um, and his his contract, one of the biggest on the team, they didn't have to, it, w- it went off the cap and then he comes back for the playoffs where the cap doesn't matter. Now they're $11 million over the cap. Yeah. Um, and I think that's not fair. I mean, it's not, people are calling it cheating. It's not cheating because they are following the rules it's it's them using the rules to their advantage. I think the rules it themselves need to change. Um, I don't see why there shouldn't be a soft cap at least mm-hmm. um, with like a luxury mm-hmm. tax. Baseball does that. Yeah. Um, I think every other sport does that. There's a soft cap with some form of luxury tax. Um, and then you could just, I mean, Adam Wild on the Steve Dangle podcast has floated this a lot. And I really like this idea of soft cap, luxury tax, the higher the bigger market teams pay the luxury tax and then that money is funneled into the lower market teams that have trouble even just making the floor yeah um and it's just better for everybody the product becomes better the parity becomes better i mean this league already has a lot of parity just to make it even more even uh and just have like no team is just like what florida used to be where like 10 people showed up to every game or like arizona having to shift ownership and almost fold a whole bunch of times um just things like that. So we'll see what happens, but with like Mitch Marner and the Leafs and like the future of the cap and everything, it's obviously going to go up with, ex- with Seattle's expansion buy-in and the new TV deals, but it's going to take a while for that to take effect. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to go into the awards nominations, but I'm going to go into draft lottery. I think 
okay. instead. So okay. Buffalo won the draft lottery. Yay, question mark. Again, for the second time in the last three years, four years, they won it in 20, going into 2018, they won it because they picked Rasmus Stalin. Mm. Um, but here's the top 15. Uh, the Rangers got the 15th pick. Dallas at 14. Uh, Flyers at 13. Calgary at 12. Blackhawks 11. Senators 10. Canucks 9. Kings 8. Sharks 7. Detroit 6. Blue Jackets fifth, Devils fourth, Anaheim third, Seattle second, and Sabres first. I was, like, pretty hyped for Seattle, honestly. Like, I, I've i said before on this podcast, like, I get hyped for expansion drafts and expansion years. I think part of it is, like, the anxiety is, like, an adrenaline rush, which which sounds so bad but like I remember with the Vegas stuff um Ryan Strom who's my favorite player was still on the Islanders at that point and I don't remember if they left him unprotected deliberately or if it was just a rumor that he was going to be going or whatever but just the sheer worry of like you know I I'm not an Islander fan but having him having him in the same state as me was was pretty fun and I did simply did not want him to go to Vegas so the week leading up to the expansion draft I was just like on edge and then I ended up watching the draft like with one of my friends and you know we we made like a whole event of it like we're both wearing jerseys we're like sitting on the couch like phones down like just complete full attention like focused on this which is funny because it's not a game it's just a draft they're just calling people's names um but when when the islanders uh pick was announced and it was not ryan strom like the wave of relief that washed over (laughs) me and then he the funny thing is he literally got traded to the oilers the next day and i was i was concerned of him going to vegas baby he was on his way to another country but Besides the point, little mini story there. Um, I just think I think the the expansion draft and expansion years are exciting. I think new teams are exciting, and I know not everyone shares that belief. Um, but I always I always think it's fun. I I like getting used to a new team and seeing, you know, with Vegas. I think that there were a lot of players on that original team that you didn't really. N- not didn't know, but like didn't really have a chance to shine on their respective teams. And I feel like going to Vegas gave them that outlet. Like, okay, like this sounds bad, but like, we're all nobodies here. Like we, we can all kind of like share the spotlight kind of thing. So I'm kind of looking forward to that with Seattle and the fact that they got to pick that high. Like it's starting to make me think like, okay, like I see you. Like, I think, I think too. I think you were totally right with like the the nobody saying. I don't think mm-hmm. it's a nobody saying. I think it's like a a shared belief. Like you want to prove the team that gave you up wrong. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely. what it is. It's like a like a misfits thing, like mm-hmm. an island of misfits toys. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, but I think getting second overall completely changes uh, Seattle's game plan. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at a mock draft right now because I think the like consensus number one overall pick is Owen Power from Michigan. Mm. I did not realize how large he is. Uh, <laughs> he's he's six foot six. Oh my goodness! He's six foot six, two thirteen. So he's like okay, sir. Big boy. A fridge. Big he's boy. a fridge. child, I guess. Um, uh, I don't know if Buffalo really needs another. Def- I mean, so. This is how I feel about it. Okay, take Owen Power. Then you have him and Rasmus Dahl until the end of time. <laughs> Happy days. Happy days. Like, first, like, top defense pairing, blah, blah. But then what happens if you trade Eichel and Reinhardt? Then you have nothing up front. <laughs> yeah. And then you just have Dahlin and Power. So I would, I mean, if I'm them, I'm going to take Maddie Beniers. Um, I mean, I mean, I guess you can't go wrong either way because they're, they're just so depleted everywhere. Mm-hmm. But... I just watching Beniers at the World Juniors. I just think he has potential to make an impact right away at the NHL level. And mm-hmm. as a center, that's crazy, especially mm-hmm. if they play him at center. Because I know that sometimes you draft a center and you play him at wing to start. Um, but they have Beniers going to the Kraken, um, so I think that's like a huge like question mark for the Kraken, right? Like if. Because you're building a team from scratch. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you're going to take Beneers, okay, that shifts their focus one way. But if they if Sabres take Beneers and they take power, 
then their focus has to be elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So I wonder mm-hmm. how much they're going to game plan for that because the expansion drafts before the 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 entry draft. So I wonder if like how much they'll like have a feeling which way Buffalo is going to go and then game Mm -hmm. plan for whoever they're going to pick. So I think that's interesting to like look out for. Um, And then the other thing to know is that Luke Hughes, Jack Hughes's brother um, is up. Jack and Quinn Hughes's brother is up for draft um, this year. And uh, some mocks have him going to the devils because he's a top five prospect. I've seen that. Yeah. It would be interesting to have the two of them uh, on a team together. Um, I don't know how well that would work out. Uh, we've they've done that experiment before, putting brothers on the same team. The stalls did it. The yeah, sheds did it. I was gonna say the stalls, uh, and that wasn't necessarily. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. I mean, everyone's obsessed with the idea of brothers playing on the same team together. So we'll see how it goes. Um, but that's just a quick update on the draft lottery. Didn't um, not to interrupt you. Didn't Jack Hughes say like I think the devil should take him? I feel like I saw yeah. that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, I think the devil should take my brother. Oh, yep. Here it is. His quote was, yeah, he's like, if, hey, he's, if he's there, I want us to take him. <laughs> so I mean, what, else is he, what else is he supposed to say? I don't want my team to draft my brother. My yeah, brother right? Like, <laughs> my brother sucks. Yeah, my brother's trash, by the way. Yeah. Um, so all the awards nominations are rolling out. We'll probably get another one today. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah they, it already came out. Oh, really? Who, oh. What is it? So it was the Lady Bing Trophy. Oh. So the nominees for that were Austin Matthews, uh, <laughs> Jacob Slavin, and Jared Spurgeon. Jacob Slavin should win the Lady Bing every single year. I agree. Period. Yeah. Period. He had one penalty this year. One. 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 And it was for dog pug. It was for delay of game. Dog pug. <laughs> and for a second. Dog pog, uh, delay of game, puck over glass. Yeah, I like, remembered um, it as soon as. Um, he, and he's just because I, I've talked about this before. Because with Austin Matthews's off ice question marks, mm-hmm. the award is for gentlemanly behavior. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I I love his pettiness on the ice. He's not gentlemanly on the ice. Yeah, I agree. And he's not gentlemanly off the ice. I don't really see. They should just change the award to doesn't take penalties award because that's really what it is. That's, that's what, what it is. It is. Yeah. Jacob Slavin to me is the epitome of what the Lady Bing Award is. Mm-hmm. He's a genuinely kind person. He's a genuinely gentlemanly person. He does. He behaves that way. He carries himself in a way on and off the ice that just garners so much respect. I don't know. I just think he's like the perfect. He's like the perfect person in the league right now. To yeah. Just I'm glad he's nominated this year because he wasn't last year and I was Mm. curious. Um, But okay, so that's cool. Uh, Who's the the third? Who was the third person? Uh, Spurgeon. Spurgeon. Okay, he's cool too. I honestly, like, it's just Matthews. It's just Matthews that gets me, like, irritated because I feel like like the awards just don't mean what what they're said to mean. Mm. No, not even close. Because I was... I was going to wait till the Norris candidates came out to say this, but I saw a quote from someone who voted on the Norris and he, and he or she, I, I didn't see who it was. I just saw like someone said a quote from someone in the, in yeah. the professional hockey writers association. They said, I was going to pick Adam Fox for, to like to, in first to win the Norris, but Victor Hedman made the playoffs. So he, so I put him first. <sighs> that's not a shocking that's i just want to say at all the nhl awards are for individual regular season performance yeah i feel like we we have to what have this conversation does, every single what, year what does making the playoffs have to do with anything you did in the regular season nothing. as an individual nothing because not, making not the playoffs is a team effort so what you did individually doesn't you can only do so much yeah because Adam yeah. Fox was clearly the best defenseman in the league this year. I agree. Clearly. He was incredible. Mm-hmm. But so you're saying that Victor Hedman's automatically better than him because his team's better than him? You can't choose your teammates. Mm-hmm. This isn't the NBA. You can't choose your teammates. Yeah. <laughs> so how is the fact that he had to carry the entire Rangers team on his back, specifically the Rangers defense on his back the entire year, and he still had that performance? 
to me, that makes him even more worthy of the Norris. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, so it's just frustrating. You you said it right there. It's regular season performance. And like, honestly, I don't know if this is a hot take, but like, who cares? Who, when you're talking about an individual player specifically, who cares about the playoffs? Like, who literally cares? Like, unless it's a, a situation like we talked about with Marner where they disappear during the playoffs and it like hurts their team, like, okay, yeah, let's discuss it. But like, in terms of like Adam Fox, we're talking about right now. Who cares that he didn't make the playoffs? He had a great regular season, and the Rangers were a dumpster fire on and off the ice. Who cares? Like, literally, who cares? And I will I will fly that flag forever in the sense that, like, I don't think that playoffs should have any sort of, like... I'm trying to think of the word I want to use. Like, they really shouldn't affect how you look at... Whether, whether a player's team makes the playoffs or not shouldn't affect, like, how you talk about them and their talent and their performance. Because it's really... Yeah. You can't get into yeah. the playoffs on your own. You can't. Like... Right. Unless you're, like... Unless that one year when Taylor Hall basically dragged the Devils <laughs> to the playoffs by himself. Like... Yeah. That, that was insane. And he did win the heart. Because, to me, like, an MVP award, right, is if you take that guy off of your off of your team where is that team yeah exactly. that's what most valuable player is like yeah. like if you take Connor mcdavid off the oilers what <laughs> happens bad. to the oilers yeah bad, right bad. that's why that's why he's a perennial mvp candidate but if you took like we've seen it if you take nikita kucherov or victor hedman off the lightning they're still good they're still fine they're <laughs> yeah. still alive. so that to me like is like the story of the awards it's like what do they truly mean because mm-hmm. they're they don't mean what they're what is listed to to mean um yeah. the only ones that really are are the statistics based ones because you can't argue have, with they, the yeah numbers. they have to they have to, um yeah. but so four other awards nominations got uh announced as well uh the ted Lindsay, which is so ted Lindsay is mvp voted by the players association and then Hart is voted by the writers right so ted Lindsay is mcdavid matthews crosby which I think is pretty fair. Yeah, that's about right. Um, King Clancy, there was a lot of controversy with this one because Curtis Gabriel is one of the finalists and we've talked about him. I'm not as anti-Curtis Gabriel as everybody else yeah. seems to be on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Curtis Gabriel, P.K. Subban, and Pecorine are King Clancy yeah. nominees. I would like to see Subban win it. Uh, D- I think Matt Dumba won it last year, so that would be two people of color winning it back-to-back, which mm-hmm. would be really, really, really mm-hmm. cool. And P.K. Subban is just a very, very generous, giving person. Yeah. And he is very, yeah. intre- whatever community he's been in for playing in, like Montreal and Asheville, now Newark, mm. he ingrains himself within the community and does as much as yeah. he can to give back. And I think that that should be recognized. Um, especially since, I, at least I know with Montreal, he still donates and still visits like children's yeah. hospitals and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think he's a great person. And I think, that th- that's the kind of story that should be highlighted. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, the Vezina, Grubauer, Fleury, Vasilevsky. Uh, this is Mark Andre Fleury's first Vezina nomination. Yeah, that that really surprised me. Yeah, when I was you said that, When you said that, I was like, that doesn't feel right. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. And I even like f- forgetting the Pittsburgh years. Like his first season in Vegas. Was when they went to the finals, he yeah. was he was cracked. Yeah. <laughs> to bring the gamer world into this, he was yeah. cracked. Like I, I I was shocked at that. I think Grubauer is a really great story, and Vasilevsky is the best goalie in the world. Period. So yeah, that's I have no much it. Yeah, they're not really. I mean, the rest of the awards, others. I really had no complaints. I mean, I'm psyched about the Calder because mm-hmm. Alex Nedeljkovic <laughs> is nominated for the Calder. Uh, and so it was obviously Kaprizov from Mont- uh, Montreal, Minnesota, my mm-hmm. M's, and uh, Jason Robertson from Dallas. I think both of those were also no-brainers. They both yeah. had amazing yeah. rookie seasons. Uh, I'm glad that Ned got in there. Um, he really deserves the praise. I think one of the rookie goaltenders was going to make it. I think it was it was between him and Sorokin probably. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm glad that Ned got the, the nudge. Yeah, I think I think that was I think I think Nadalkovich was the right was the right pick there. I agree. I think it was just the way he stepped in. I mean, with when Mrazek was hurt. I mean, Reimer had a great save percentage as well. Like none of the Canes goalies performed badly this season, but Ned just really stepped up and, yeah. and catapulted himself from 
being on waivers a few months ago mm-hmm. to starting in the playoffs until they hit this they hit this wall with with Tampa um, yeah. and they had to they had to make a change and Peter Mraz accepted and also looked great but um that wasn't really it wasn't as much Ned's fault as it was just the team needing some like a shake up totally yeah. um mm-hmm. so I think I mean honestly I think it's between Kaprizov and, and Ned I I'm not sure if Ned will actually win it because Kaprizov yeah. Kaprizov just took the whole league by by surprise yeah. Yeah, um, to to me, I I don't know that you can have a wrong answer. Or yeah, a, a, wrong, a, wrong a wrong finalist for for the Calder, but I I think I think it is Kaprizov's to lose. I think I it's his, his to lose as well. Yeah. Um, it's kind of that. Um, didn't Bennington get nominated for it the same year Patterson got nominated for it? Yeah. And Patterson yeah. won, and then yeah. Bennington was all like salty about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's gonna be like. I mean, not that Ned would get salty about it, but I think it's just going to be yeah. the same thing. Where like oh, yeah, Ned gets goalie gets nominated, phenom forward, and then the phenom <laughs> yeah. forward wins. Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think it is kind of going to be a similar thing there. And, and I think even with him getting the nomin, I think even him getting the nomination is, I, I don't want to say good enough because obviously you want to win the award, mm-hmm. but even even getting the acknowledgement like that, hey, yeah. you came, you came in and you, we can put you on tier with a guy like Kaprizov, and, and you know even a guy like Robertson who also had a pretty strong year, but mm. to put you on that pedestal with guys like that, that had such years and, and the fact that as a goaltender, they saw you as someone who really stepped up and really made a name for yourself as a rookie. It is, you know, kind of the acknowledgement that you want, obviously you want to win, but I, I think even getting the nomination for him is, mm-hmm. is you know, probably a really strong win for, for him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think it's okay. So, uh, I think that's it about the awards nominations. Yeah, that's the only. Yeah, that's the only ones. Those are the only ones couple, that came out. We got a couple more to go. Yeah, the um, Norris. Next, next yeah, Friday. the Norris, the Hart. I think like the Mark Messier Leadership Award. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we have the Selkie, the, the Willie Selkie. O'Ree Community Award, Masterton, Norris, Hart, and then it all ends uh, next Friday with the Jack Adams. Well, and then general manager of the year will be after the second round. Rod Brindamore for Jack Adams. Thank you and good night. Yeah. <laughs> Thank um, you and good night. Um, so one other thing that I had written down that Ariel brought to our attention, which I think is super cool because I had no idea this was happening. So the OHL draft is this weekend. Um, the OHL didn't play their season last season. So interesting. I don't know how they like – I didn't look at how they seeded the draft and everything. Mm-hmm. But – that's not really the whole point of this. The whole point of this is to say that a girl could get drafted this weekend into the OHL. Yeah, I saw that. That's... Um, and I and from what I've seen, it was pretty much a shock that she didn't get drafted uh, this week, like yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't. I think maybe just apprehension from men to draft a girl to a boys team. I mean, um, what a, what a shock. Period. Yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. her, I don't want to pr- mispronounce her name. I don't know if it's Taya or Taya. Um, but I'm going to say Taya. Taya Curry mm-hmm. is her name. She plays for the Elgin Middlesex Chiefs U16 team. Um, and I just saw on Twitter, like, it, it's awesome to see, like, the outpouring of, like, support, support for her to get drafted mm-hmm. because I, I, you know, you worry that, like, that might not happen. <laughs> that people yeah. might be like, I don't want a girl on our team. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm on her elite prospects right now. And I don't see any stats. I wish I could see stats for her. Uh, um, but I think it's so great that we could see, you know, a girl drafted, and and I and hopefully whoever drafts her has the intention of playing her. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because I think with this, it kind of brings about like a new worry of would would a team and I'm not saying that this is what's happening but it just comes to mind of would a team draft her just to be able to say oh look we have a girl on our team like we're we're doing the right thing like look at us we're taking steps whatever and you just you hope that that's not the case um and it it also kind of makes me wonder because this is this is OHL right yeah yeah so it kind of makes me wonder like okay yeah she gets drafted to, to the OHL let's say she plays in the OHL let's say she does great in the OHL what happens after that like 
because if if she is like she has to be very good to even be in consideration for this draft and like you said people were shocked that she didn't get taken already like does she just go to the nwhl like is that so she's she's 16 (laughs) yeah so um I was just re- skim- skimming an article uh, about her, and she said that if uh, I I don't know if it was if she doesn't get taken, but she was talking about other options, mm-hmm. and she she could still play um, in a girls' league if she doesn't get taken in the okay. in the OHL, and then she said she'll just prep for college. Um, so okay, she'd, prob- she'd probably go into the NCAA. So that I would say the NWHL or whatever professional league exists yeah. when she's done with college would be her would be the future goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think. I, I mean, she's 16, so I would think yeah. her goal right now is to just keep keep playing in Canada and then uh, go NCAA, wherever yeah. she would end up. It's just probably one of the top women's hockey schools. But yeah, it's interesting to think about because the OHL is typically looked at as like a pipeline to the NHL. So it's kind of like, you know, what happens yeah. when a girl's in the OHL? Is she is she also on the pipeline to the NHL? I don't know. It's just yeah. something that came to mind. And and the interesting thing is if she's drafted to the OHL, I don't think that necessarily means she has to go. Yeah, um, yeah, that's so true. So imagine the power move of getting drafted to the <laughs> OHL and, and being like, actually, I'm going to go play in my girls' league and, like, prep for college. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens. Offer. I would love for her to get drafted into the OHL, though, and I would love to see her play because i'm tired of of yes there is a physical advantage that men like naturally have over women but i don't think it's this huge huge difference that yeah it's not realistic for her to not only play in the o but succeed i agree and yeah. stop pucks you know so i mean she's a goalie she's if she's good at stopping pucks she's good at stopping pucks <laughs> exactly <you know>? yeah <laughs> she won't be as big as some of the boys but I mean, honestly, goaltending is probably the best position to break it for a, a woman to break into in, exactly, in this yeah. kind of league. Is mm. she just? I mean, it's yeah. So I just, I, I hope it happens. I'll keep a tab on it now. Thank you, Ariel, for bringing it to our attention. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess this is going to be kind of a short one this week. I did. I'm sorry that like I've been so out of the loop with. Everything. I had an idea. Oh, you did. Okay, what's your idea, Jen? Um. So. I, I guess we can call this trivia because I was just looking in my okay. face. I did have I did have one little thing, n- nugget of trivia, but we'll see what Okay, double trivia. So I was just looking at my Facebook memories and I didn't realize, you know, and like it says like on this day, however many years ago, and you're like, oh my God, yeah. how has it been that many years since this happened? Um, yeah. So when I first got Facebook when I was like 13, I shared like everything, like every like article, every picture that was on my feed and not from other people, but from like, hockey teams from tv shows from like i shared like everything so So it's fine so my facebook (laughs) memories are always just like a a look into that that time in the world because i I shared so many things like i shared so many things from the seinfeld page of whatever episode of seinfeld was going to be on that (laughs) night so like i i that's fun to look through but i had in my facebook memories that Five years ago this week, an NHL team changed their logos and jerseys. Does anyone remember who it was? <gasps> Five years ago? Yeah, so this would be June 2016. A team changed their logo, you said? Yeah. And jersey? Yeah. Was it the Leafs? It was not. They changed their logo recently, though. Yeah. gets every team in the league until... I probably wouldn't have remembered this if I didn't see it. So I don't think it was as. Big. Yeah, what I was going to say is it's some like obscure team that I'm not going to. No, I don't think it's like a big deal. I mean, I can tell you. Or, Ariel, did you want to yeah, put in an no, official I, guess? I truly, truly, truly have zero idea. <laughs> okay. It was the Panthers. Really? No, yeah. I should have like, yeah, known because back then you were so obsessed with Aaron Eckblad. Right? And, and you, <laughs> fuck. Okay. Yeah, no, so like, that was up. when they had the. The original logo of the Panther kind of kind of jumping at oh, you man. with his little right, balls right, out. Right, right, right. And here's and the article changed, about it. They changed it to like the shield, the shield thing that they used. Yeah, yeah, the shield with the uh, much less scary looking cat. Um, and they did like the stripe in the middle of the jersey, the yeah. red and white. So because I I know the Leafs changed their leaf recently, mm-hmm. so that was what. And Sam, you are 100% right. It was in my Facebook memories because Aaron Eckblad was my favorite player at that point, and I. <laughs> I don't have the new Panthers jersey. I have the old one, and it's a children's jersey. So the 
Um, the graphics aren't even stitched. They're like little decals. So love that for you. Just a just a little blast from the past. I love that. <laughs> um so I'm glad that it wasn't the same trivia as me. Yummy. So this is a little fun little thing. I'm sure you guys saw this, but I still think it's fun. Yeah. Um back to the draft lottery. Mm-hmm. Taylor Hall is a draft lottery wizard. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. How many times? Oh my god! Has a I team saw this. that started the season with Taylor Hall win the draft lottery? I saw mm-hmm. this and I literally don't remember the number. Well, ooh, how I'm many times? Of... A team that started with Taylor Hall That's won the draft lottery. True, because they don't have to finish with Taylor. Nope, Hall. they just started the year. With I'm Taylor. gonna go. I'm gonna say three. I'm gonna go five. Okay, it's five. Wow, five. Well, cause I, cause I knew it was what the Devils twice, Buffalo this year, and I knew there was a one or two, and Edmonton, and the, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, cause I knew there were three teams involved, and I knew Edmonton one of them won was it twice. One. Yeah, Edmonton won it twice while he was there, I think, and mm-hmm. then uh, Devils twice, and uh, no, I think it was Devils once. So it was Oilers like three times, Devils once, yeah, and Sabers once. Um, so down goes Brown. Great follow. <laughs> Wonderful man. He tweeted, this is the fifth time that Taylor Hall's most recent eligible team has won the draft lottery. He was also drafted with a lottery winning pick. He yeah. was also he was also once traded for a player who yes. was drafted with a lottery yeah. winning pick. <laughs> yes, I remember that exact tweet. That's, and then someone replied wild and he said, no, the Sabres. <laughs> and I thought, I thought that was funny. That's funny. But, yeah, I... I just, I, is he, does this mean he's blessed or cursed? Yeah, right? It depends how you look at it. Um, If you're him, you're cursed. If you're the team, you're blessed. I guess, but I mean, if you're the Sabres, I'm not feeling that blessed. Well, true. But I mean, that's not Taylor Hall's fault. I wonder at what point it becomes Taylor Hall's fault that every team he's on is just bad. (laughs) The Taylor Hall curse. Like what? When does that become a, a, a the narrative? Yeah, really. When is it? When does it, it stop being? Could oh, be, technically. Poor, when does it stop being? Oh, poor Taylor Hall. It's his. It's not his fault. Look, he's thriving on Boston. He just needed a good team. When does it stop being that? And when does it start being? Wait, every team he's been on has been it's really bad. bad. Has been yeah. Has been really bad. It almost like I don't like doing this kind of speculation, but it almost makes you wonder, like. Does he, does he, like, walk in and he's like, listen, guys, this is my team. All of, I'm all Taylor of you, Hall. All of you. All <laughs> I of went you first overall 11 years ago. All so of you are I'm horrible. All of you are horrible, and I'm the best. And they're all like, well, fuck it. We don't want to be good anymore because you made us sad. <laughs> like, like, what is it? Yeah, I, I, I well, also, ahead, like... Go do that to Boston. I think people who got drafted in the top five... I would even say the top 10 get cut a lot of slack. It was 11 years ago, guys. Right? People make mistakes. At this point, at this point, yeah. The 2010 draft, I just want to look at it really quick. Because I know that was Jeff Skinner's draft year. Wow, I know how to type 2010. (laughs) Right? Uh, Hockey reference. Aha. Uh So let's let's look at this draft really quick. Because I think it was overall not that great. Um... (laughs) Taylor Hall, this was the Taylor-Tyler draft. Right. Yeah. Will they take Taylor? Will they take Tyler? Uh, Taylor Hall, Tyler Sagan, this pick should have been the Leafs, but it was Boston's, because that was like the Tuka uh, Right. The Tuka Rask trade or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, mess, mess. The Phil, whatever, there was a Phil, Phil Castle trade? Something like that. It was some trade and then whatever. So uh, Tyler Sagan and then Eric Goodbranson. Yikes. Yikes. Uh, Ryan Johansson. Also a yikes. Yikes. <laughs> uh, Nino Niederreiter, who's now kind of breaking out, I guess, with the yeah. Hurricanes. But it was a rough go for a bit there. Uh, Brett Connolly, who's been okay. Yeah, fine. Um, actually, wait, it says their NHL scoring stats. Okay, so Taylor Hall has 596 points in 680 games. Sagan has 637 in 74. 744. Eric Goodbranson overall for his career is a minus 102. Love that for and him. Well, 
third overall. Yeah. Uh, Nino, uh, yeah, Nino and Ryan Johansson are like, okay. Brett Connolly, then Jeff Skinner. Um, Alexander Burmistrov. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. Um, Michael Granlund. And Dylan McElrath. That was a top 10. Ooh, that was the Dylan McElrath year. That's kind of rough. Yeah, Dylan McElrath is the only player from the top 10 that didn't reach 100 NHL games. Oh, that's actually so sad. He played 66 NHL games. Oh, right there, Dylan. The next lowest is Burmistrov with 348. Wow. But <laughs> the lower... the but I say all this to say that <laughs> maybe we should stop touting someone just because they're a top 10 pick or whatever i agree totally um i i would say like you cut them slack in the first few years because you're still waiting to see what they become but Mm -hmm. after a while i think that stops carrying weight it's been 11 years exactly (laughs) yeah yeah and i also think that we have to remember that like when you're drafting a player you have no idea how they're going to perform in the nhl the draft is a crapshoot i'm sorry it's such a crapshoot there is no logic there is no science you just pick a little name and you draft that's it. Like, yeah, it it's so hard when you draft because you're only you have such a small sample size from junior college or whatever. You're mm-hmm. trying to see how that translates to the big leagues. You never know how it's going to work out. Yeah. Um. Also, Jack Campbell went eleventh. Huh. But yeah, there's some people on this list where you're like, really? Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't remember you ever existing. Um. <laughs> But yeah, so that was just that's just my little tidbit. But yeah, Taylor mm. Hall is a wizard. He's a sorcerer. Yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> and yeah, now it's time to prepare for the Canes game at four o'clock. Very exciting. I'm preparing for Italian food. Ooh. I'm preparing um, for Spanish food. Honestly, wow. good for us. Good for us. We're, we're eating around the world today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good for us. All right. Well, uh, does anyone else have a, a final a final bit they want to say? Uh, a bit? I don't. I don't no, have I a don't, have a, I don't think a bit. So. Thanks for a, a bit listening. We're thank you for listening. I'm I'm really I'm really excited to say that we're teenagers when we get to episode 13. But alas, <laughs> we're on episode we have two 11. More weeks. So we, we have are weeks. we are preteens. We are we're two, teenagers. two more weeks. We have two more weeks till our bat mitzvah. Oh, let's go. I'm let's excited. Let's go. Let's go. Um, anyway, thank you all for listening. Um, you can find us on social media. I My voice just cracked. You can find us on social media at Pucker Up Sports. Again, that is at Pucker Up Sports yeah. on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everything. That's our username. And on PuckerUpSports.com. Uh, yeah, that's been us. I hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.